Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, this morning uh, we're going to uh, read from the book of Luke, chapter 17. And if we could all be upstanding. just pray for the delivery of the word lord jesus thank you this morning for your word we thank you lord jesus for all you're going to do this morning and those many lives that you will change lord jesus both in the house and also through the live stream lord jesus and for the speaker after this as well well for brother greg and lord jesus we just pray lord that you have your hand upon these services lord jesus use me and anoint me lord i pray lord and help me to deliver the message that you want me to deliver this morning in Jesus name amen hallelujah so reading from Luke chapter 17 verse 26 I'll give you some time to go there Luke chapter 17 verse 26 oh it's already on the board see there forgot I gave him the scriptures <laughs> and it says here and as it was in the days of Noah that's Noah so shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat. Anyone eat this morning? That's good. I'm glad you ate. They drank. Anyone drank? They say it's always good to drink some water as soon as you wake up. Get kick-started. They drank. They married wives. Who's married a wife? Any, any of you? Any other? Yeah, yeah. And he got one that was willing to put up his hand. The others were scared of their wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise also as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat. They drank. They bought. Anyone buy anything this weekend? Any retail therapists here? They bought. They sold. Anyone sold anything in the last week? Get on eBay or Gumtree or something, or wherever you sold it, I don't know, garage sale. They sold, they planted, they built, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day... He shall be upon the rooftop and his stuff in the house. Let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Say, remember Lot's wife. Hallelujah. You may be seated. The title of my message today is, Time is not your friend. Say, time is not your friend. Turn to your neighbour and say, time is not your friend. Time is not your friend. Time, time is not necessarily your enemy, but it's not doing you any favours either. It's not trying to help you out in any way whatsoever. It never stops for you. It's not polite. It doesn't consider your feelings or your plans or what you need to do. It doesn't care, it just keeps moving. It keeps moving along. It doesn't care what your agenda is, what your priorities are. It just keeps moving. 
They say time stops for no man. It just keeps on going. God created time. He created time at a single point in time. There was no time and then God created time. He said, let there be light. And we know by uh, the theory of general relativity that you cannot have matter without space or without time. So at the same time, God created space, time and matter all at once. It wasn't like there was space and then all of a sudden there was time and then there was matter. And there wasn't matter at some point and then there was space and time. At the same time, they all came into being when God said, let there be light. Let there be light. Time came into being. God doesn't look at his watch and go, oh, I've got five minutes. What am I going to do? Time does not rule God. God rules time. Amen? There was a, a lyric to a Josh Pike song that says, Time is like the ocean. You can only hold a little in your hand. You know, you think you, you can hold on to time, but there's only a little bit of time that you have right now. You have the moment that you have in front of you. There was also another old lyric that always was popping in my head every time I was writing this, and my apologies for quoting secular music here, but it was the Steve Miller band that said, Time keeps on slipping where? <laughs> That's the one. Sorry about that. Um, but I just wanted to give you some facts about how people in Australia, and this was from a, a, a survey from a couple of years ago, on how Australians spend their time. They did some surveys on how Australians spend their time and the average amount of time that Australians spend. Now, depending on what city you live in, I imagine for Sydney siders, some of these stats will actually be different, but this is an Australia-wide survey. So commuting, who commutes to work? Not so much these days for some of us because a lot of people working from home, but every now and then I have to go to work. I have to go to work once a week now, so my daily commute usually is from the, uh, the bedroom to the bathroom to the dining room where my desk is. Yeah, that's right, where my computer laptop is. But, um, but for those that still work in real jobs, um, in warehouses and building stuff and whatever, um, fixing things, they have to actually commute. They actually have to go places. Hey, Brother John? Have to go to jobs actually somewhere. So the average commute for Australians is 29 minutes one way. So half an hour, one way. So that's an hour basically every day to and from work. And some, many, travel further. More than 2 million Australians travel for 45 minutes or more each way for work. My boss, pre-COVID, she used to drive from Bado Bay to Sydney every day and back. And I would rather go on the dole than do that. <laughs> it was just far too long to be commuting. If you don't know where Bado Bay is, it's about an hour and, what, 20, I guess, north of Sydney. So she was basically spending three hours a day almost in the car, back and forth. People, I don't even like doing that on holiday. 
The average commuting time in Australia is just under an hour, half an hour each way. So, you know, the, based on household income and labour dynamics in Australia, a survey from 2012, more men undertook lengthy commutes than women. And overseas-born Australians have longer commuting times than Australian-born commuters. Um, if you're catching a train, the average speed of the train is 24 kilometres per hour as opposed to a car's average commute speed of 33 kilometres per hour. But on the train you can do more things. Some people actually work on the train. It's a bit hard to work on the car while you're typing, while you're driving. Work. Who works? Anyone still got a job? Some, some don't, I know, and our prayers are with you. Thank God for, what is it, job seeker, job keeper, whatever. Um, but work, we average 38 to 42 hours per week in Australia. Uh, for men, it's 42.3 hours a week. For women, 38.6 hours per week. So when you think about that, that's a lot of your day, about seven to eight hours per day. And when you think about sleep and you divide up 24 hours of your day, then, you know, about a third of your day is, is spent at work. So there's a constant battle to juggle jobs and family needs and all the things we need to do at home, make sure the house is still standing. Um, Canberrans, anyone ever lived in Canberra? There you go, you've lived in Canberra. So you know that it's actually a town of bludgers <laughs> because they have the lowest average full-time hours of 37 hours and 42 minutes per week. Which probably has something to do with the, uh, the federal public service standard hours are like 37 hours and 15 minutes or something. Television. So on average Australians spend 18 hours a week in front of the as our pastor calls it, the idiot box. Um, in, in, it says in front of the small screen, but you know, a lot of these screens today are like ginormous, taking up whole houses. Um, Aussies aged 14 and over watch 1,095 minutes each week of television. Sounds more in minutes. But that is actually falling and it's been declining since 2004. That's because people have their phone. <laughs> and so now they have a TV in their pocket. And they may not be watching whatever the broadcaster's playing, but they're spending hours on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. Which brings us to social media. And averaging between 51 and 109 minutes per day on social media. And this is a little bit older, so I suspect it's actually gotten worse. I suspect it's even more than that now that uh, data is so cheap and uh, phones are, so, are much quicker and data is much quicker these days. But social media is a time suck. It sucks our time away more than we realise. You think it, you plan to go on for just a couple of minutes to look at your feed and an hour later you're gone, hang on. I've got like so many things to do and what, what did I just do for the last hour? It, it's designed, designed. They, use, they spend lots and lots of money, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they spend YouTube, they spend lots and lots of money 
on psychology and tests and understanding the human mind and human behaviour and what makes us tick, what makes our endorphins, you know, shoot out and make us feel good. They understand what our drivers are and therefore they design their apps every year, more and more, every new update, they design it in a way that keeps you engaged longer, that keeps you on their app longer. They know exactly how to push the right buttons to make sure you stay on their app longer. That's why it's so hard. That's why it's so hard. And those that aren't on social media going, see, yeah, that's why I've just got so much time. I remember when I was a kid, and this was before social media, I used to spend days going, man, I'm bored. I've got nothing to do. So you know where I went? Outside. There's this, there's this big ball in the sky. It's bright. It's called the sun. Some of you kids may not know what that thing is, but... So the average time spent on Facebook per visit, per visit, not per day, per visit, is 16 minutes. 16 minutes. That's because when you're waiting for the lift, when you're waiting for whatever, just jump on. So it averages out to 16 minutes because there's those big three-hour spans <laughs> that are brought down by the quick little jump-ons. Domestic duties. 17% of our day, just over four hours a week, is spent with domestic duties. We've got to clean. We've got to make your bed. What does Jordan Peterson say? He says the first thing you should do, every person should make their own bed. And if that's it, he says it like, if that's the only thing you accomplished, at least you accomplished something that day. You made your bed. Teach your kids to make their bed so that they can at least accomplish something for the day. At all ages, women spend more time each day doing housework and domestic activities while men spend more time on re recreation and leisure. Thank God for being a man, eh? Sleep. You got to sleep. Seven hours per day is the average sleep. But many people get fewer than 5.5 hours. 12% of Australians get less sleep than their body requires. And between 33 to 45% of people say they don't get enough sleep. They feel like they don't get enough sleep. And we live in a day, and coming back to social media, because of the light that's generated from the screen of phones and pads and whatever and laptops, it actually affects your circadian rhythms. So if you're still looking at your phone before you go to sleep, it actually makes it more difficult to get into REM sleep, into deep sleep. And so it's always a good idea not to go on your phone or look at a screen you know, for maybe half an hour or an hour before you actually intend to go to sleep because it's, it's going to affect the way you sleep and the quality of your sleep. And many people these days are suffering from insomnia. You know, uh, whether that be difficulty going to sleep or waking up in the middle of the night at 3 o'clock in the morning or something like that or 2 a.m. and spending an hour or two thinking about all the world's problems and trying to solve them in your mind at 2.30 in the morning. 
while you're lying in bed. It doesn't work. <laughs> you can't do that. If you are worried about something, write it on a notepad and get to it in the morning. Tackle that one in the morning. But sleep, we need more sleep. Sleeping, friends and other things. One fifth of our day, just under five hours of a week, we get to socialise and do all the fun stuff and come to church and do all these sorts of things. So men get more time than women doing this apparently. It's because the women are slaving away in the kitchen, making puff pastry or whatever, rolling out the pastry. But um, both men and women obviously with higher household income spend longer times in leisure activities. If we could go to the next slide. In the days of Noah, so as we said in the book of Luke, that scripture we were just reading from, it talks about in the days of Noah, so shall it be like the days of the Son of Man. When the Son of Man shall return, it will be just like the days of Noah. And notice that Luke, he's not talking about you know, evil practices. And I mean, God destroyed the world because of the evil that was in it. He was sick and tired of how evil man had become. He said continually, continually, they had evil upon their mind. They were just thinking evil thoughts continually. And I tell you today, I tell you today, is very similar to those times. But it's interesting that Luke is not pointing out the evil that they were thinking or doing or the iniquity that was going on in their society in the days of Noah. He refers to the normal activities that were going on. They were eating. They were drinking. They were getting married. They were giving in marriage. Just doing normal, regular, daily activities. It's not a sin to eat. It's not a sin to drink. It's not a sin to get married. It's not a sin to give your children away in marriage. This was just normal, regular activities. And then he goes on to say that the last days or the, son, the days of the Son of Man will be like the days of Sodom. Now we know what occurred in Sodom. We know that there was all sorts of abomination that occurred in Sodom. I mean, it was so bad that when the angels visited Lot to try and get Lot out of the city, the local men wanted to rape the angels. They thought the angels were just good-looking guys or whatever, and they wanted to bring them out and rape them, so much so that Lot even offers his daughters instead, which is terrible in itself. I would never offer my daughter to be attacked in such a way. Yet, he was willing to do that rather than see these angels be abused. That's how evil this city of Sodom was. It was just rampaging evil. And yet, Luke doesn't point out that evil. He points out that they were eating and drinking, buying stuff selling stuff, getting married. Again, they were just doing regular, everyday, normal activities just like we do today. Just spending their time doing normal stuff.
doing normal stuff. So while all this is going on, and this raging sin that was going on in Sodom and also at the time of Noah, they were just doing normal day-to-day activities. People were just living their normal lives. You know, while those men are calling for those angels to be brought out so that they can know them, at the same time, people are cooking, cleaning, buying, selling, eating, drinking, going to work, coming home, whatever, just doing their normal thing. In Ezekiel 16, 49 and 50, it's interesting that Ezekiel says, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride. It's interesting he doesn't point out the sexual immorality. As bad as that was, as much of an abomination as that was, he points out that pride was a problem for them. Fullness of bread. They weren't begging for bread. They weren't in need. They weren't suffering in any way. But they had plenty, exactly. They were rich. An abundance of idleness. They had plenty of spare time. They were so prosperous. They were so prosperous that they had plenty of time, plenty to eat. And they were proud. Was in her and in her daughters, neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. So even though that they were rich and they had plenty of time, they didn't give to the poor. They didn't look after the poor and the needy. They were greedy and proud and lazy and overfull. And they were haughty. And committed abomination before me. Well, there we get to the abomination. Therefore I took them away as I saw good. So the root cause of all this abomination that they were doing was their idleness of time, their fullness of bread, their pride, and their lack of generosity. That was the underlying cause of all this abomination that they were doing, of all this sexual immorality that was going on in Sodom at that time, that we look to and we go, oh, that's disgusting. But you know what was even more disgusting behind that was the pride, was the pride that led to that sin, that was the root cause. And Sodom is just like today, just like today, the last days. We are living in times of great prosperity. No more in history have people being more prosperous. Even in developing nations, as tough as it is in some of those countries for people, they've never experienced so much prosperity as they do today. But here in the West, in Western developed nations, we experience this even more so. Idleness of time, fullness of bread, pride. You see it all around us. You see it all around us. The way that people have too much time on their hands, too much to eat, too much money in their pockets. And they don't, they're not generous to the poor. They're not generous to the needy. They're not generous to those that need something of what they have. They're not willing to part with anything. But it's all a race to have the most stuff. It's all a race 
to have the most bling. It's all a race to have go on the flashiest holidays and have the flashiest car and have the flashiest house. It's all vanity and pride. And that is the root cause of the sin that we see in abundance today. Where we see sin abounding so much, yet where sin abounds, grace did abound much more. Amen? And today we experience the grace of God if we're in the house of the Lord. Who's experienced the grace of God? Put up your hand. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's thank God for His grace and His mercy toward us in these times, in these evil times. May, may His grace shine on us. These days are like the days of Sodom. Destruction can come at any time. Next slide. We have here Pompeii, which was a Roman city about 250 kilometres southeast of Rome. It was built on fertile plains, plains that could grow many crops and, you know, you just plant anything and it would grow. Why? Because there was a dirty big volcano right next to it. And that lava that poured out from that volcano caused the soil to be rich in minerals. Volcanic soil is lovely for growing things. That's why people live near volcanoes. But at the same time, at any time, that volcano can explode. And Vesuvius exploded on, and on 79 AD. It erupted and it rained down burning ash and pumice on the city of Pompeii. And in an instant, people were just living their normal lives just going about their business, buying, selling, eating, drinking. And all of a sudden, if we can get that, this is from the ruins of Pompeii near Naples in Italy. These people are frozen in time. When the ash came upon them, it mummified their bodies and they've dug away the ash. And you can see like the nice designs on the floor there from a Roman house from 76 AD. And here he was obviously, you know, just walking through his house and then ash and pumice, burning ash, fell out of the sky and mummified him right there on the steps as it crushed him and suffocated him. And here, and there's also another picture I couldn't find where there's a couple trying to shield each other from the ash. Just going about their day, doing their normal thing, but time, at just a point in time, their time came. Move to the next slide. On September 11, 2001, I remember driving home from my then uh, girlfriend's house, my now wife's house. Um, she was living with a sister in Marylands at the time and I drove back to my house in uh, Dulwich, uh, Hurlston Park, I was living at the time. And um, my mum rings me on the normal phone, the one that has the cord. <laughs> and she goes, turn on the TV. And I go, oh, what's going on? She goes, oh, a plane has flown into a building in New York. And I go, what? What was it, like a cargo plane? How, what, was it nighttime? They didn't see the building? No, no, it was like daytime. What, why would it fly into the building? I don't know, I don't know. Like, and nobody knew what was going on. And then I turned on the TV and I saw the second plane crash into the building. 
And I knew, oh, okay, this is on purpose. This is, this is something somebody's doing. I remember watching there and seeing the, the edge of the building bowing. I could see the concrete starting to go like this and spitting out concrete from the side of the building. And I go, and I said to my mum, this thing's going to fall. This thing's going to fall right away. Like she's going, no, it can't fall. And I said, no, give about 10 minutes, it's going to fall down. You watch, it's going to be like Jenga. And then next thing you knew, those, come, those towers came crumbling down. These people in the building, they were just there for a regular Tuesday morning, turning up for work, just another regular day, grabbing their coffee on their way to work. Next slide. And next thing you know, planes fly into their place of work. And for those that were caught above where the planes had crashed and the fire started raging up through the building. The smoke, they couldn't handle it. They had to go outside, to the outside of the building to try and stay alive. They're like hundreds of floors up. And then some started leaping from the building because they would have rather leapt to their death than die from smoke inhalation. Now they, they tried to figure out who this guy in the photo was and they figured out he was a cook. He was there going to the restaurant to cook for the day. Could you imagine his day just got dressed like a normal day for work, went to work, maybe he grabbed a coffee and some breakfast on the way to work, turns up for work, starts preparing for his day, starts just to do his thing, make sure everything's right, prepare, get all the food out that he needed from the fridges, just doing his normal thing thinking about what he was going to do that weekend, thinking about what he was going to do after work, thinking about what he's saving for. Maybe he was saving for something, maybe going on a trip. Maybe he had some problems at home. Maybe he had a girlfriend he was fighting with that day. Who knows what was going on in this guy's life. But it was just another day, just another day at work. Yet time had come for him. Time had come for him. And the next thing he knew, there was a fire in his building. He wouldn't have even known why or what was going on. All he knew was maybe that a plane had crashed in the building. Maybe he knew as much as that. The next thing he knew, he was jumping hundreds of floors or over 100 floors above New York City down to his death. Time is not your friend. We can never boast ourselves of tomorrow, the Bible says. Time is not your friend. We never know when our time will come. We never know when our time will come. We could be just going about our normal day, our normal business, and our time is come. We don't know when our loved ones will pass away. We don't know when our time will come either. We always think we have more time. We always think we have more time. On a bit of a lighter note, I was uh, doing my HSC just last year. No, back in 1991, I did my HSC at Biron Boys High School. And uh, 
I was topping English. I was number one in English. I, I did hardly any homework, did hardly any study, but I just had this gift for winging it in English. And I was topping the class in English. And then the, the weekend before the English exam on the Monday, I decided I'll party on and go drinking and whatever else. You know, why study? <laughs> Who needs to do that? And then during my partying weekend, I didn't realise that the uh, hours had changed for daylight saving. And I had one of those, you know, normal watches that have like the hands and stuff. And uh, I didn't change it. Anyway, so I go into my English exam and I'm, I'm writing, there were two essays in this English exam. That was the whole exam, just two essays. I wrote the best English essay in the history of the HSC, I reckon. <laughs> I, this thing was a masterpiece. And then while I'm writing this essay and just about to get to my conclusion, the teacher calls out 15 more minutes. I look at my watch and I'm going, I thought I had an hour. I thought I had more time. And so I rushed through to the, do the second ex uh, essay. I ended up getting 66%. Not bad. I'm telling you, that first essay was a cracker. But I didn't end up topping English because of that. So I was a bit disappointed about that. But I thought I had more time. We always think we have more time. We always think, I'm the worst at this. I'm still learning. 46 years old and I'm still learning this rule that when I've got half an hour to get somewhere, don't go and do the washing and do the this and do all these other things. Oh, I've got some time, maybe I can still do this. And next thing I know, I've got no, I'm, you know, looking out for speed cameras. <laughs> we always think we have more time. Ephesians. Chapter 5, verse 16 says, Redeeming the time because the days are what? Evil. The days are evil, man. They eat up your day. They eat up your time. Redeem the time because the days are evil. We never have as much time as we think. Time is not your friend. It can get away from us so quickly. In 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 to 10, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but that all shall come unto repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. As a thief in the night. I remember the first time I heard that expression, I was watching a football game. And I was watching Balmain play Parramatta in like 1980-whatever. And Gary Schofield, this English centre, he took an intercept. And uh, the commentator might have been Ray Warren, who knows, said, like a thief in the night. And I went, wow, how cool is that expression? I didn't realise it was from the Bible. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night. It'll come when you don't think. You know, the thief doesn't give you a call and go, hey, I'm coming over to rob your house. You still got that booking? I'm just reminding you. He's not like the plumber. He comes when you think not. He comes when you don't expect. In the which 
the heavens shall pass away with great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned off. We always think we have time up our sleeve, but we don't. We don't. My dad, as some of you would know, my earthly father, he passed away a few weeks ago. And, uh, you know, obviously he knew I was a Christian and he, he was very happy that I, you know, had become born again and turned my life around. But, you know, he, he considered himself an atheist. He'd uh, grown up in the Catholic Church. He was abused while he was uh, a young child by the priests. Um, he grew up like a bit of a, I guess, like a bit of a rebel, a bit of a hard man, he, you know. He was, he, he was a bit of a rough and tumble kind of guy. And, um, you know, I tried to testify. I, I encouraged him and, he, you know, tried to get him to give his life to the Lord. And, you know, he'd do these little steps that would give me encouragement. I'd sort of think, oh, yeah, okay, I'm going to get him one day. I'm going to get him. You know, and I was praying for him all the time. And I had these plans, you know. His, uh, his body was riddled with skin cancer. He, uh, he used to get refoil. Does anyone know what refoil is? It's coconut oil. And my dad's whiter than me, which is really difficult. And he put coconut oil on his skin and he'd go out and bake himself in the sun and he'd turn over and, you know, try to be brown when he should have been, you know, just stayed the colour he was because his body was not made for the sun. He used to go to work, my uncle was telling me he'd go to work and he'd wear no hat, no shirt and he'd have this jackhammer going, you know, and my, my uncle would see him and go, that can't be good. He'd come home red raw and so he had all these skin cancers all over his body and he used to pick his skin cancers out with his finger. Now, who needs surgery? Who needs doctors? Just pick it out with your finger. And so... The script was meant to be that he would eventually, these skin cancers, you know, the little bits would come off the cancer, get into his bloodstream, start attacking his vital organs, you know, get into his brain or his liver or whatever, and he would just decline from there and then eventually pass away for, as a result of these skin cancers getting into the rest of his body. Unfortunately, he didn't follow that script and he died from a heart attack suddenly while going for a walk. I had these plans. I was meant to start Bible study with him. I'd asked him if he wanted to do one. And even though he considered himself an atheist, he was that bored that he went, yeah, yeah, I'll do one. And so I was just sort of you know, organising things so I could start that Bible study. We were going to go up and see him this week. We'd gone and seen him on, in July school holidays. We were going to see him this week. And I was thinking, oh, if only I could get him in the ocean and get him baptised, you know. I had plans. I thought I had time up my sleeve. But time is not my friend. And when I got that call, all I could think was, this was too soon. It wasn't supposed to happen now. I was meant to have more time with him. I was meant to be able to share with him. I was going to get him baptised. But time had other plans. And he was taken suddenly. We don't know when our time comes. We don't know when those that we love are the close to us. We don't know when their time will come. 
We need to prepare not only ourselves, but try. Try to reach out to those around us and, and share this message, share this gospel. And look, we're not going to win everyone and not everyone's going to be saved. Not everyone. Jesus didn't win everyone he preached to. Don't get frustrated and disappointed if they, if they don't accept the gospel. But we need to hit them with both barrels. We need to try and get this message out there. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. Shyness is our enemy. Shyness is just fear wrapped up in a nice name. Luke chapter 12, verse 16 to 21, and I'm closing with this if we could all stand. In Luke chapter 12, verse 16 to 21, it says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits or my crops. And he said, This will I do. I'll pull down my barns or my storehouses, and I'll build bigger ones, greater ones. And there I'll bestow all my fruit and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, be merry. Woo! But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then when, then... Whose shall those things be? Who are they going to belong to? He's not going to enjoy all this stuff, all this stuff that he built all these bigger barns for. He's going. So is he that layeth up for himself treasure and is not rich toward God. What do we spend our time doing? Do we need to repent today? Is today... The day that you've tried to hold off and say, you know what? Another day, another day I'll repent. Another day I will turn back to the Lord. Another day I will give my life to the Lord. Another day I will repent. In some other time in the future, I'll live for God the way that I'm meant to. In some other day in the future, I'm going to get my salvation worked out with fear and trembling. I'm going to leave that for another time because I've got plenty of time up my sleeve. There's always time, but there's not. There's not. Today is the day of salvation. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 2 says, For he says, At the acceptable time I listened to you, and on the day of salvation I helped you. Behold now, say now, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today is your day. If you've never repented of your sins, given your life to the Lord, today you can bend your knee before God and ask God to come into your life to forgive you of your sins. And God can fill you with His Holy Spirit. Right here, right now, this morning, you can be filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to speak in another language. Just as the Bible says, just as they did every time they got the Holy Spirit in the Bible, you'll be filled with the Holy Ghost and begin to speak in new tongues as the Spirit of God.
fills you and gives you the utterance. And you can be buried with Christ in baptism, just as the Bible says, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be damned. Because you can be baptized a hundred times, but if you don't believe, then you're just having a bath. But today is the day of salvation. Don't wait any longer. Don't be like, you know, I've heard some people say, oh, when I get better and I turn my life around on my own, then I'll come to God. That's rubbish. That's like saying I'm going to go to the hospital when I feel better. You need to come to God to get good, not get good before you come to God. Amen. God will change you, but you just need to turn around. You need to ask God to forgive you and repent of your sins. And if you've been led astray, you've been wasting your time. You're living for God. You believe, but you've been wasting your time. You need to use your time more. Spend some time with the Lord and ask God to help you, to help you to redeem the time, to redeem the time. Come, let's... Spend some time with the Lord. If you want to give your life to the Lord this morning, if you want to spend some time at the feet of Jesus, come and do that. Come and pray before the Lord. If you need to repent of your sins, give your life to the Lord. We have ministers that can pray for you. We have elders that can pray for you. If you need to receive the Holy Ghost, if you need to be baptised, we can arrange for that as well. We have overalls. We're ready to go. You don't need to be ready. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. Today is the day of salvation. Come and spend some time with the Lord. Hallelujah.